Hey, what's up, everybody? Ali after back with a brand new episode here at The Wolf Ladder. Today, we're going to talk about the breakdown of collection agencies and specifically how they work. This has been a common question for most of the people watching my YouTube channel and, of course, uh, those reaching out to me via email and doing some sort of 30-minute consulting with them. I think it's an important part of understanding the process of rebuilding your credit. Understanding how collection agencies work is not only critical to your credit report strategies and uh, being able to fix it, but also understanding and how to negate any type of negative items specifically related to collection agencies from showing up on your credit reports. We're going to deep dive and discuss a couple points with collection agencies. We're going to talk about the status from where a collection account is created, and that's specifically coming from the original creditor. We're going to talk about the contracts that are necessary in order to execute a collection process successfully, some of the legalities around collection agencies, which is a common question that I get a lot as well as thinking about uh, the consumer protection laws that are there to protect you. So the first thing we're going to talk about, right, is the status from where an account goes from charge-off into collections. Now, before I start on this topic, as you guys know, and my regular spiel here, if you're new to this channel and if you're new to this podcast specifically and you haven't subscribed yet, then I would encourage you to subscribe. Consider subscribing and turning the notifications on because every time there's new videos like these, you'll be first to be notified. And of course, um, with that said, if you haven't rated my episodes as of yet, I would highly st and strongly recommend the, the, uh, that you do so because it will definitely help me get more distribution so that more people like yourself who's interested in learning about financial education, building more wealth, and just doing things ethically where you're able to restructure your finances, you know, they'll be able to get notified as well. So that would definitely help out quite a bit when it comes to my side as well as yours as we are collectively building a community of people who are attempting to build a wealth. So with that said, and with that out of the way, let's get to our first point. Okay, so what happens when a collection agency takes over an account? And first and foremost, let's understand the principle of business as how an account goes into collection in the first place. So as you deal with your original creditor, which is the uh, company that originally holds your debt, they're the ones that create this collection account. They're the ones that usually um, are the ones who charge off the account from their books. And that status of charge off then leads off to a collection agency you know, coming in and taking over that account. How does it work? All right, that's the first thing we need to understand. How does the collection status cre be created and the, the legalities around that? So when an account is charged off, typically speaking from a creditor's perspective, it means that the account no longer exists. It means that that specific account is zeroed out. It means that it's not collectible anymore in a legal standing, right? And there's implications to the creditor for that. For example, it could be a tax write-off for them because it's just a, a loss for them in revenue. And therefore, it's something that in most cases is considerable deduct a deduction uh, for tax implication purposes when it comes to corporate, corporate structures and corporate taxing. Now, there's a downside to that as well from a consumer standpoint, whereas there is a um, indication from the IRS, which you can potentially get if the creditors decide to submit this document, at most cases, they don't, right? The, you know, 99.9% .9 of the cases, the original creditor never does this. But if they decided to do so, uh, what happens is now you can actually be taxed for the debt that you owe. And the reason why, it's because it's an amount that you owed. And therefore, because you are not paying it back, it's, it's considered income that you took. So you have to be careful there as well. So that's the legal perspective of it. And since it's zeroed out and it's, it's considered a loss, uh, what happens is the debt is officially killed. However, on the credit reporting structure, it can show up as a charge-off, which is not a very good thing to have in your credit reports, right? 
So that's the first thing to understand. That's how a status is created in terms of charge off. Now, a collection agency on the other side is essentially offering the original creditors a sum, which is a very small fraction of the actual original debt amount uh, in exchange to be able to collect on that debt. Now, there's a lot of collection agency out there. There's portfolio buyers. There's uh, you know book buyers. Basically, what they do is via spreadsheet, they review the amount of debt, total sum of debt, and based on that, consumer data is you know snapshot into that spreadsheet. And the collection agency makes an offer in an exchange where they can buy that. So that's how a collection agency receives uh, specifically those um, those debt agreements, right? And another thing to point out is that there's structures and agreements in terms of exchange. Um, most of the times, there's actually no contract between a collection agency uh, or a uh, original creditor in, in a sense that, okay, well, they have an agreement for buying and selling debt, obviously, which is like, hey, I'm going to buy your debt based on the spreadsheet you provide and I'm buying the sum of the debt that's there essentially instead of one at a time. And there's a quit claim language that a lot of people don't realize. So the the essence of buying and selling the debts from collection agencies, you know, when it comes to reaching out to original creditors and being able to tap into those debt debts is a very dangerous game. The reason why it's because first and foremost, the debt is written off. So accounting wise, it's not really collectible because you can't collect on an amount that's zero, technically speaking, right? Therefore, to create a debt that doesn't exist is also considered some sort of fraud because at the end of the day, that debt has no legal standing. There is zeroed out and it doesn't exist. So there's there's a sensitivity point there that we need to consider. Then do collection agencies have a contract on the other side? Of course not, right? You as a consumer, you know you dealt with the original creditor. If the original creditor has charged off your debt, it's, it's just debt. It, it doesn't exist anymore. So uh, the mere fact that a collection agency has your information and is posting it on your credit reporting agency, it's an extremely misleading action, right? And we know the Fair Credit Reporting Act requires, and that's just based on a credit reporting standard, not even business legal standard, but just on a credit reporting standard, any items that are reported to the credit reporting agency must be compliant, accurate, timely, and truthful. A debt debt that doesn't exist and is being reported as a collection status is not only misleading, it's false, it's, it's subterfuge, which is essentially fraud, and misleading and inaccurate, and therefore defies all laws of the compliant FCRA regulations and laws. So that's it's very important to understand that. The second thing you need to understand is because the debt buyer or collection agency essentially reaching out to those creditors and buying these debts in bulk, there's there's actually a very dangerous game that they're playing, and that's the quit claim language, right? Which is essentially, we know that the debt is zeroed out. And the fact that they're reaching out to them just for the attempt of collecting to make a profit on a fraction, by spending a fraction of the actual original creditor's amount, um, essentially what's happening is there's no legalities around that to prove that, or, or legal standing to prove that the debt is actually uh, an accounting standards existent. So that's a, that's a prospective thing that you need to understand when it comes to dealing with debt collectors. You know, a lot of people... Uh, what they do is, is they say, oh, I want you to validate this debt. And if collection agents give you a statement from an original creditor, you walk away and say, oh, I have to accept this. And the reality is there's a lot more questioning that needs to happen beyond just accepting that standard response. Because we know, especially after listening to this episode, on some of the stuff that you need to understand with collection agencies, right? Then there's the legalities around collection agency practices, which is governed under the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act. There's so many different things to that. First and foremost, you know, they cannot use misleading or illegal tactics. They cannot say that they're, you know, representing a government body or agency. They cannot imply that you'll be arrested or some sort of penalization for, 
not being able to pay that debt. They cannot enforce some sort of you know judgment or garnishment against you without some sort of claim that's legitimately uh, you know verified. So if they pull a judgment against a debt that doesn't exist, it's subterfuge and in fact it's perjury, and therefore they can end up in prison, right? So. There's just so many different legalities around that. But understand that the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act is the governing law behind collection agencies. So that's one thing to consider. Now, before we continue on to the final point, which is our fourth point, um, all that being said, you have to be careful also in how you to, you know communicate with the collection agency. The first response when it comes to them reaching out to you, you have to make it very clear that you want everything in writing. This protects you. This protects your integrity in terms of credit reporting infrastructure. And by the way, when you're disputing an actual validity of a debt with a collection agency, uh, they cannot report on the bureaus until such time it is validated. Even if they already did it before, they have to remove it based on a compliance condition code through the eOscar. And the reason I say that is because it is stated, and this is based on several case laws and courts, uh, that having a collection item on a credit report while being investigated for disputes accuracy is considered a collection activity. And people cannot collect, collection agencies cannot pursue collection activities when the debt in question is being challenged or being questioned in its terms of integrity and whether or not it actually is valid. So having a credit reporting snapshot or at least some sort of item being reported from a collection agency when disputed is actually an illegal practice under the FDCPA, which is the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act, because that is a collection activity. And as we just evidenced that it is actually illegal to do so. So remind them of that as you communicate with them and tell them that, look, I understand that you're attempting to collect an alleged debt. However, one, I need everything in writing so I can verify the information you're asking me to pay. Number two, understand that when I am disputing this, I'm not saying I'm not going to pay. I am disputing this based on the alleged debt you say I owe. You cannot report on my credit bureau because that's actually considered a collection activity and therefore it is exempt the FDCPA and the FCRA. So that's, that's just one thing you have to let them know. And past that point, tell them that they have a certain threshold of time before they can actually send you any type of validation, which is within a 30-day period. So, you know, that's part of understanding how to deal with collectors, you know, but you have to be very uh, considerate towards how you communicate with them or else it can just go all the wrong direction, right? It can go south real fast. The final point here in the debt collection side is understanding the consumer protection laws that you're entitled to. Number one, you know, if there's harassment or any type of thing, there's the TCPA, which is the Telephone Communication Protection Act. Uh, that one is basically saying that there are certain types of things that a debt collector cannot do or violates telephone consumer protection, which is number one, they cannot use softwares to automatically call. They cannot leave voicemails stating that, you know, all these type of things or automations. So that's actually an illegal thing. Uh, not only is it under the TCPA illegal, but it's also under the FDCPA illegal, right? Uh, there's other things such as, you know, they cannot falsely misrepresent an amount of a debt. That itself, we know as a consumer that the debt is already written off from the original creditor. Therefore, the status of the debt is actually zero. So uh, even a dollar owing to the collection agency is actually a false representation of the debt's alleged legal standing, right? Um, so that's, that's another thing. And, and, you know, you have the consumer protection in reference to credit reporting. The only ch downside to that is the credit reporting agency is very notorious uh, for not being able to comply to the rules and regulations. For the better part of two decades or more, they've already constantly been ignoring different rules and regulations, and the CFPB is supposed to help, but unfortunately, uh, they're not really being proactive in reference to making sure the job is done efficiently. Instead, they're focusing on attacking credit reporting, uh, credit repair companies who are in fact trying to help consumers. 
So they're negating their responsibility. Therefore, you need to work on and rely on consumer protection laws outside of the FCRA and pressure them understanding that the FCRA is a law of the land um, and all these type of things, right? So just keep that in mind. So you, you have to understand your consumer protection laws. You have to understand the information that I just shared with you today. It's a very critical part of how you conduct yourself with debt collection agencies to protect yourself, to protect the infrastructure of your reports, to protect your consumer protection rights. And also, and so on and so forth. So I hope um, the breakdown of collection agencies and how they work in reference to the laws, the, the standards of how to communicate with them, really give you some insights on how to deal with the situation if you're ever falling into a situation where you have to. Um, I hope that you learned some stuff today and you got some value from this. Don't forget, hey, if you're new to this podcast and you haven't subscribed yet, consider subscribing. Turn the notifications on so every time there's episodes like these, you'll be the first to hear it. Also, don't forget to rate the episodes if you're listening to me for a while now. It will definitely help me get more distribution, but at the same time, give me some feedback in reference to what I can improve so that I can create more efficient and better episodes for you to listen to. With that said, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Stay safe. This is your guided mentor, Ali Tarafter. Catch you guys on the next one. Bye for now.